ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to take two of the Exports Podcast recording here on <laughs> the week that will close out July. Uh, and that is just so everyone knows, we are officially doing a second take because uh, the laptop did not want to work. Because why would it? Maybe it got COVID, just like the Marlins. More on that later. VHSL, and this is the important news for the Augusta County sports fan. The VHSL did vote almost unanimously to go to option three, which is the option that goes winter sports starting in December on the 14th, going through February 20th with the first game starting December 28th. The fall season goes from February 15th to May 1st with the first game starting on March 1st. And the spring season goes from April 12th to June 26th with the first games happening on April 26th. Leland, I think you and I both said uh, at the beginning This is the option that we expect, and that is because it's the option that allowed the VHSL society the most time to get a hold of the pandemic and get things in a better place to where high school sports can safely happen. Yeah, it's it's the decision of hope, and that's what we said when we talked about these two options. Was it two weeks ago? Um, They. They presented these. We said we wanted the option three because at least that's hope for the future. I really thought if they went with option two, you'd probably be putting those spring athletes who are flipped over to the fall at the risk of having their season canceled for two school Mm -hmm. years in a row. And that just would have really been a shame Um, because as much as we focus on football and we want to see football and, and to be honest, that's where VHSL makes their money. And I don't even think they beat around the bush on that you still can't just ignore the other sports. So I don't think it's fair to get the football out of the way and then throw, try to throw baseball and softball and track into the, into the fray here. And uh, so I'm glad they pushed everything to spring. It'll be concise seasons. Um, They talked about like a 60% regular season kind of deal. And then I think we're still yet to hear on how the championships will work. I like it. I, I like the approach. If you can play six football games, I think that you'll, you'll know who's good. Um, I think in our area, we, we know who's good now, but that'll give them time to kind of get it going. <laughs> and they'll go into the playoffs and, and teams like Riverheads and Draft. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a gap or something is at least in the playoffs. Um, you know, those teams will be in there. We'll, and then we'll see what we get. And, you know, it gives the teams opportunity to, to play at some point. Is it going to be different? Yeah. But what else isn't different this year? Everything since March has been different. So this is different. We'll adjust. And at least the kids get to play some. Yeah, I I totally agree with your sentiment. I think option two would have been really cruel to spring sport athletes saying, hey, we're going to take two years of your high school career and kill it in the name of maybe having football. I thought that would have been extremely cruel. So this option is kind of the best. I don't see anybody playing sports through September, at least just as is, as things are. So I was going to say, as is, as is, we're closer to going back a phase than we are being able to have high school sports. So if you want sports to happen at all uh, at the high school level or in general, wear a mask. Um, Things are starting to get hairy here in Virginia now. And um, hey, if you want to see what happens, then keep doing what you're doing if you're not wearing a mask and you'll see high school sports get annihilated altogether. So uh, those seem to be the same. Yeah, those seem to be the same people complaining that they're not doing things normally anyway are the same people so if you want to know why high school sports aren't happening in the fall look in a mirror so uh unless you're wearing a mask in which case thank you the the thing about the schedule is the overlaps that has me hesitate for these schedules because every school in our area features a lot of teams with dual sport athletes you got 
you know, a lot of football players playing in basketball and a lot of basketball playing in baseball. And that's the, usually the normal cycle. Now, now it's basketball players playing football, going into football. And so we are going to have these overlaps and they're going to get weird and we're going to see different, you know, stuff impeding on the front of football never happens <laughs> in normal season. So it'll be interesting to see how this lays out, but the schools that normally deal with overlaps are probably going to deal with overlaps here. And it seems like it always gets worked out one way or the other. I mean, Riverheads, it's, it's, they hold their basketball season. I don't know if they'll be holding football season, but if the basketball team's really good there, but you never know. And we'll see, and, and they'll deal with it as it comes. And the kids are just going to have to work through the fall and get conditioned for playing nonstop through the fall. You know, some of these, some teams are able to finish their season and then have kind of a, a week maybe. And then, and then they get going. The next, you're not going to have that this, this spring. And, yeah. and maybe that'll be fun for them, but I I'm glad they have the opportunity. Yeah, I, this was the best option. I'm glad the VHSL went with a 34 to one. I would love to know the option that the one wanted, but it had to be the guy. He must have Hall of Fame voting and voted for Griffey not to be in the Hall of Fame. He had to be that one guy that voted against Griffey. That's that's my assumption. Probably that that makes the most <laughs> sense. Um, also, I don't you put that you missed this. I don't think you did. I think this happened last week after our recording that the ODAC decided to move fall sports to the spring. Um making well, that... I only noticed it today. So okay. either way, yeah, I, I think it. it happened last week, not not before our recording last week. So um, that just is more Virginia schools waiting to po- uh, play fall sports. I applaud the ODAC's decision. I think it's a smart decision. Let's talk about baseball, man. Yeah, great. We got Let's keep it going. Let's keep the good weekend. vibes going. Yep. Nothing but positive about baseball, right? Everything's good with baseball. We watched our teams play. Your Orioles went two and one. Best record. I know in you're the bragging about the best record in the league. My World Pirates Series actually champions. got a win. Nothing but nothing but good about baseball, right? I would like to claim, assuming that this season folds like it will, I would like to claim <laughs> the Orioles are the 2020 World Series champions. We are tied for the best record in baseball. And no one can stop us except for Tommy Malone. Go down to Central Florida. They have a sign maker down there that'll hook you up. Good. I want the banner. I want the 2020 AL East banner up, <laughs> hung in the hung at Camden Yards. I want it all. Uh, yeah, we lost opening day because we felt bad for the Red Sox. They had that Mookie Betts news come out where he signed that 12-year deal with the Dodgers, which I'm sure was hard on the Red Sox fans. So we we went with Tommy Malone, who nobody in their right mind would start Tommy Malone on opening day. So he starts on opening day get shelled because he is trash. And then the next two days we come back with a vengeance and just courtesy of Alex Cobb and Wade LeBlanc, we come out and we blanc the Red Sox the rest of the way and shut them down. We looked great. I, I couldn't wait to play the Marlins. Cause I was like, wow, we're going to be six and one, maybe five and two. Um, but then the Marlins had to go and test positive and they knew about it a day before and decided in a group text, ah, let's play. What's the worst that could happen? And we got to see what the worst could happen is 14 people out of the 40 people in their little traveling squad test positive. So that's fun. And, um, Rob Manfred was in a coma today. That's the only thing I can think of. That's a good enough excuse for why he wasn't available for any. He was hanging out with Dan Snyder somewhere. Yeah, uh, he didn't have a statement until 8 p.m. tonight or somewhere around that time, to which he basically said, we still don't know what we're going to do. We don't think that they can make up those games. So I guess the Orioles and Marlins will only play 58, maybe 56 games. That's uh, if the Marlins don't have an acceptable number, which we still don't know what an acceptable number is. And then he got asked the question, what 
uh, I believe Keith Law was doing the interview, uh, did the ask the question, what would it take to shut down a team? And he said a number of cases that made the team not competitive. And apparently that answer is not 12. So I don't know. That seems like a lot. It's almost half of your major league squad. But hey, apparently that's not enough for Major League Baseball. So I would love to know what that number is. I'm sure the general public would. And I'm sure Rob Manfred would like to know what that number is. He doesn't know what that number is. Just like he has no plan. Just like it's painfully obvious that Major League Baseball doesn't have a plan. And I hate that I'm having to agree with David Price on Twitter, who tweets out, this is why I opted out, because I knew player safety wasn't paramount with these owners, and I'm being proven right. Which he is being proven right. The crazy person, David Price, is actually correct on this. Rob Manfred and the MLB owners had no plan on how to handle any of this. They didn't think, huh, in a operation where we're not going to play out of bubbles, we are going to have everyone travel. And what happens in a hypothetical scenario where, let's say, a place, let's call it Florida, has really bad problems with the coronavirus? And let's say a city... I don't know, hypothetically, we'll call it Miami. And let's say that that is like the worst place in the United States to be right now if you're trying to avoid coronavirus. Let's say we have a team there. And let's say that they're traveling around the country playing other teams. What happens if that team has an outbreak? Apparently, that crossed zero minds in the decision-making process when we were arguing about the number of games we should be playing. So that's great to know. And also, Rob Manfred is a dumb idiot who shouldn't be in charge of a lemonade stand, let alone Major League Baseball. Well, I don't know how you really feel about Manfred. It's not like you talk bad about him every single time we he comes up in discussion here. I, but I agree. I mean, you have to have a plan. Like, why are we discussing the difference between 60 games or 72 games or 104 and a half games when you didn't have this stuff figured out, you had to have this stuff figured out. They didn't. It's obvious. It's proven today. And it's just the most basic concept, as you just walked through, that they should have had a plan for something as predictable as, hey, a team gets four guys that test positive. Now it's gotten worse. You know, now it's 12 and two coaches, you know, whatever the numbers are. But we're recording on Monday night. By the time you're listening to this, you might know better than us. But it's bad enough as it is. They're canceling games. Cause, I mean, four four teams are impacted just by what happened with the Marlins. And it's not the Marlins' fault for having the virus. Like, you know, they could it is have been following. It is. No, no, no. Let me finish. Okay. It's not their fault for having the virus to begin with. It's their fault for moving forward in an incorrect manner that nobody in their right mind could view the situation and say, hey, four guys have already test positive. They got to sit. You couple guys have it, man. Just play anyway. Like that is the that is their fault. Now it all becomes your fault, and so it's just poor management from the top of the league down, Manfred on down, Derek Jeter's included. Bad decisions being made in Miami is what drove me away from being a fan of that organization. I was a fan of that organization before they played a baseball game because my aunt gave me a coat, and so I liked the Marlins and I liked them. They were terrible, and then they stole the World Series in '97, and then I and I still loved them, and they. They bought one in 2003, and then I still loved them. But as soon as I had a daughter and they had strippers in the outfield, I was done. And, man, I'm glad I was because that organization just makes terrible decisions time after time, including not making the game of baseball a family atmosphere, 
but everything else surrounding that team is just the same kind of stuff. And so you Redskins fans that pick and choose when you want to say that you're not going to be a Redskin fan anymore. And I know Washington that's not football team, team, you Washington football team fans, excuse me. I was the incorrect name. Walk <laughs> away from them. You say they're not a fan of them anymore. Don't be a fan anymore. The ones that I say, Hey, I'm not a fan anymore. The ones I keep seeing texts and tweets and Facebook posts about them. Stop, stop watching. Stop caring. Go they also want everyone to know. Yeah, they also want everyone to know they're not a fan anymore. So, and also don't claim the worst name in the league. The Cleveland Browns still exist. That's a terrible name. It's a Cleveland and a color, and there's no logo on their helmet, and they have no mascot. At least yours is kind of funny. It's the last name of a person, but yeah, that's how they got the name. But yeah, I know, I know, I'm, I'm trying, buddy. Okay, I, I know my AFC North. Um, all right, but there was some good baseball things that happened or other baseball topics that weren't Not the Marlins really. and they still have yet to play out. Toronto's going to play in Buffalo. I don't, it was a mess. They announced it officially. Toronto's going to play in Pittsburgh. Oh no, they're not. Well, they're going to go out and talk to Baltimore. Well, that's not going to work out. Well, we're back to Buffalo. So they're going to play in Buffalo. They're going to play a couple series on the road. They'd be the home team on the road sites there for two series, I believe, but then they'll be playing a lot of games in Buffalo that's fine. I'm glad they have a home. I'm I, good for Canada, you know, good for Canada saying, Oh yeah, not man, we're, Canada we're looks smart as hell. Don't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> man, they're glad we don't trust. We don't trust that major league baseball actually knows what's going on. <laughs> oh, wow. Congratulations, Canada. You win. Meanwhile, we all, we all lose because we got suckered into a great weekend of baseball only to get killed by the Miami Marlins who are going to kill this thing, which, by the way, if Major League Baseball somehow cobbles together the rest of this season and this disruption, as the Big 12 commissioner would have uh, was quoted as calling it this <laughs> today, doesn't kill the season, uh, I've got an idea for Rob Manfred. Move the Miami Marlins and the Tampa Bay Rays the hell out of Florida. Get them out and play them. See if the Miami Marlins have a, a, Philly, a minor league team that's not in Florida. If they don't, play in Charlotte. See if the White Sox will let them use their AAA facility. And hey, Tampa Bay Rays, you've got a minor league facility in Durham. Go play there. Now, I know we're going to have the same debate that we had with the Blue Jays about, well, the lighting's not proper, and oh, what about this? I don't know. Play day games. Figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. Because the alternative is we keep playing in the coronavirus hotspot and keep praying that this doesn't happen again, which it's already happened. So chances are that's a bad idea. Also, go back to Rob Manfred. He didn't have the wherewithal to sit there and call the Baltimore Orioles before they got on a plane to fly to Miami for two games for today and tomorrow. They knew that wasn't going to happen. They couldn't have gotten on the phone and said, hey, don't worry about flying to the Marlins. The Marlins didn't even go home. Why would they send the Baltimore Orioles? Because Major League Baseball has no plan. There's no plan to look at a team and say, you have too many positive cases, you're not playing today. That's very apparent because a group text decided that the Marlins were going to play yesterday. Speaking truth would have been, hey, what do we do if four guys from one team get it? What do we do if it gets worse and there's 12? What do we do if a team gets done with this series on Sunday and then is supposed to host a team on Monday night and there just needs to be some time? What are we going to do in that case? None of that was whoa, thought whoa, about. Whoa, 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 no, whoa. No, good none questions. Of was thought about. Good questions. No but was thought about. good questions. But can we expand the playoffs? Let them all in. Put an RCBL team in. That there. was the first that was the so. first thing that needed to be answered. Can we expand the play? I hear what you're saying there. That that person got shouted down by, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. What we need to figure out first is can we expand the playoffs? Yeah, we'll we we'll handle what happens. To the if, Broadway Bruins getting in these playoffs. That's what we need. 
<laughs> I'm going to shut my mouth right now. So other baseball stuff. Otani, he had a bad outing. Everybody's writing them off. They're saying he should never pitch again and just hit. Give the guy some time. Give him some time. But yeah, there's some concern there. He's coming off at surgery. Maybe pitching is not in his future. Give me five starts and then I'll then I'll tell you my opinion. Okay. Verlander has a strained forearm. Everybody wrote him off for the rest of the season. He was going to be out for the season. He is the only bright spot for the Astros for me. I'm rooting against them. I hope Justin Verlander has the strikeout record on the season, but only has no decisions because the Astros lose every game he pitches. I want him to look good and no one else, but he'll be out for a while here because they said he was out for the season. And then Justin Verlander himself said, nah, I'm, I'm here. So he will hopefully be back, and I, I hope he can because he's a Virginia boy. His brother played for the Stanton Braves. I root for him, so hopefully uh, hopefully we see Verlander back on the field. Yeah, and maybe, but I, I don't know where the reporter is getting his sources from, but it also kind of sounds like Justin Verlander's being hopeful and optimistic versus maybe what a medical doctor or medical source gave this reporter. Because Justin Verlander said, I'm hoping to be back in a couple weeks. Okay, well, if you're not back in a couple weeks and your forearm injury is bad and it's not healed by itself, then, yeah, you're going to have to have surgery. And that gets very close to Tommy John, in which case you would be done for the year. So he's not wrong. You're hoping he's wrong. He might be done if that's the case. Yeah, you're hoping he's wrong, but he might not be wrong. So I I thought Justin Verlander coming out on Twitter is so hostile. I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens in a couple weeks then, big boy. Also, this is only a 60-game season. No, heck with that. He can speak for himself. I'm fine with that. He can say, I'm hoping to be back in a couple weeks. But when he comes out and says the reports are wrong, I'm not done for the season, which he might be done for the season anyway because we might not be able to finish. By the time this week's over, we might have to cancel the MLB season because if the Phillies have an outbreak. Because of Manfred. Because of that darn Manfred. Because if the Phillies have an outbreak, then you have a problem. Then you have a real problem. Then it's not just the Marlins. It's the Marlins and the team they played, the Phillies. And you think the New York Yankees are sitting there going, yeah, we definitely want to use the same clubhouse the Miami Marlins did. If the Marlins were the Yankees in this situation, uh, the season would already be canceled. Yeah, it would. Obviously, we can let the Miami Marlins die in the eyes of Rob Manfred. It doesn't matter. Freddie Freeman, <laughs> all, Freddie Freeman felt like he was dying, but he didn't, so let's keep playing. And uh, if a few Marlins die, oh, well, uh, we, the, Rob Manfred tried. The argument to your Freddie Freeman point is that guy was sick. He thought he was going to die. He played baseball this weekend. He chose to play. He could have opted out. He could have not played. But he, he knows the dangers of what he's dealing with, and he played. So I'm not going to say anything about Freddie Freeman. He chose to play. That's his call. But isn't our argument isn't our argument against letting college and high school athletes saying they might wanna play want to play and they or might – yeah, but wouldn't our argument be that that would be the same argument that people are making on the other side? They know the risks going in. If they want to play, let them play. Yeah, you save the the twenty and under year olds from themselves a little bit here. You let the grown ass men make their own decisions. Well, that's the problem. We've let too many grown ass point there, but we've let too many grown ass men make decisions, and we're the only developed country that hasn't figured this out. So I don't know. Maybe we let too many grown ass men make a decision, and we don't let the smart ones make decisions. I'm not saying I think all decisions have been smart. I'm a heck of a lot more okay with these pro sports where money is being exchanged between everybody to try what they can more than I am these college institutions that there's no 
no way there can be a bubble. Sure, There's when they no can do it way safely. You can protect all these different entities and all these different sports. You need to just shut it down, just plan ahead and let them push it to spring. And so everybody has a chance of being safer. If you think it's overreaction, fine. There's no doubt that abstinence here in the fall will be safer than potentially playing in this, this fall sports season. Just push it to spring. Yeah, I, I'm fine with playing professional sports too, as long as it's safe, but it's not. It's not, it, especially, especially not when you don't a have bubble. a bubble. Especially when you don't have a bubble. I'm interested to see the bubble go a little bit. I think the bubble today looks great. The bubble has barely gotten its legs in. I, I want to see the bubble go before I we say that's well, the ultimate solution. I, it looks better. It appears better. It's it lasted more than a weekend, so it's obviously better than yeah. no bubble. But I want to see it have a little bit longer before we just decide, well, a bubble fixes everything. Cause then I'm worried of like what all we're putting in a bubble because I don't think NFL works inside a bubble. I don't think they're trying to, but I don't, I don't think that's just too well, many. I've got people. news for you. Given what we've seen from major league baseball, NFL don't work period. Then it, it's not looking good. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get to Greg Medea. He's going to fill us in on all things JMU because he's in it every day, and we look forward to hearing what he has to say here. We'll be back with Greg. And this week on the Yak Sports Podcast, we have Greg Medea with us. Greg, I believe this is, what, time number two, I think, for you on here? At least three or four. Oh, okay, at least three or four. Yeah, Yeah, about about three or four for sure. I've been on with you guys a few times. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Greg, of course, with the DNR, he covers JMU. He's also featured on the Rocktown Sports Podcast and Baseball in the Valley Podcasts. And let's go ahead and jump into the JMU side of things. CAA has said no fall sports, but football, at least, is still trying to do an independent schedule. Uh, That was the news last week. Has there been any additional news? Have they found any more games? Because by my count, if the ACC doesn't go to conference only, JMU has four games on their schedule. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting at this point, of course, that the Colonials' decision to not play football uh, this fall came with a bit of an asterisk in the sense that football programs could decide to do something as an independent if, if they chose to, if they felt they could put together a schedule, James Madison, uh, as well as Elon uh, down in North Carolina, both decided that they would pursue a schedule. Uh, I think Villanova is still on the fence. Nothing definitive yet out of Villanova. But for, for JMU, they're, they're still trying and still working behind the scenes to put together a schedule. As far as who they could play, you do have some options based on cancellations from across the country and and changes to what leagues are what certain leagues are doing i think uh there's maybe more opportunity with fbs opponents and and jmu does have that luxury within the state of virginia because there are some programs within the state uh that could be looking for games i think liberty uh is is one of them they were supposed to play north carolina ant uh that game got canceled because of of the max of the MEAX cancellation, excuse me, and I, and I think you look at Old Dominion, uh, they lost the game with Hampton, which decided it wouldn't play football this year, even though its league is going ahead uh, and and playing this year. Uh, two schools in that league decided not to. Hampton being one of them. Monmouth just today 
uh, decided not to play this year. So you, when you when you think about games, Jam, you could play, and you start first and foremost by looking at what schools geographically within the footprint, within, I don't know, a five, six-hour drive could be a feasible opponent for, for James Madison and what opponents need games uh, just like JMU does. So looking, you know, you're around the program. Is there a, the CAA, I guess, you know, took the initiative of saying, okay, we're canceling conference games as scheduled. And so that was, that was their deadline or that was their time. Is there, it's like a go, no go date for the program where if they just don't have enough games or things aren't looking well enough, is, is there kind of a date out there, maybe even being whispered about, uh, is it Labor Day? Is it even mid-September before they would give up? Or, or is it much sooner? Is it, you know, before they put the work in of August? Um, is there kind of a, a go or no-go date being murmured about around the program? Well, th- this past Friday, the NCAA met, uh, the NCAA Board of Governors met, and they were supposed to come up with some kind of decision or at least discuss what could happen with fall championships across all sports in Division I uh, th- this past week. Uh, they opted to continue that dis- decision and discussion into next month. Uh, so they'll actually meet again next week. And you could have some clarity there. I think if the FCS ultimately decides not to hold, the Board of Governors decides not to hold an FCS postseason, that's where I think you could see James Madison decide to do something different. Uh, and maybe try to play in the spring if the FCS decides that's when it'll hold the championship competition. It's playoffs. Uh, that's at least what's been said by, by JMU officials to this point. Uh, sources behind the scenes as well. Uh, they've said, you know, as long as there's an FCS postseason in the fall, JMU would want to play in the fall. But if they're going to move that postseason to the spring, then JMU certainly would look at the option of playing in the spring. But until that decision is made, Jamie's going to try its hardest to pursue a fall schedule. Uh, because if you just look at it and kind of the reputation and the brand James Madison's become at the FCS level, it expects to be in the playoffs and in the hunt and in the conversation for a national championship. You look three of the last four years, JMU has played in the FCS title game. Uh, and there's some, you know, there's some merit that comes with that in the sense that they belong if the postseason is going to be held. I know uh, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, it seems like they're gearing up to play. They announced today that, that no decision had been made. They continued talks, but uh, you look at the teams in that league, North Dakota State, Illinois State, South Dakota State, there are a number of schools in that league, including, of course, the premier program in all of FCS, North Dakota State, which feels like it can win a national championship. Uh, this, this fall, and I don't think that league is, is certainly going to be in a hurry to make any decisions ba- just based on that alone, and you throw in the fact that a lot of those teams have uh, money games, guaranteed games against schools from the Big 12 uh, that and, and other Power 5 conferences, Group of 5 conferences, they're not going to be willing to punt on that season so quickly. Uh, the Big Sky seems like they're in, and they're going to try to play some type of, the, of season this year. The Big South, as I said, uh, the SOCON is still on as scheduled. So I think if if you have enough teams play, you, you can have that championship or at least try to have that that FCS postseason championship. That may come with some differences. I know I spoke with Chad Tolliver, uh, who, who runs 
uh, is associate director of championships, very heavily involved with the FCS playoffs with the NCAA last week. What he told me is, you know, that there could be some modifications that have to be made about the selection process or, you know, what the bracket looks like, but uh, that, that as of now, you know, they were still planning on having a postseason this fall. So I think until that domino falls, JMU is going to stay put and, and keep on course to try to play this season as an independent. So a couple follow-ups there. Um, as a JMU alumni, I get all the emails and see all the posts about being the change and, you know, be a positive force in your community, et cetera, et cetera. Duke basketball, to me, I think the more I've seen how the NCAA has handled the fall sports is the reason March Madness didn't happen. It took Duke basketball, a premier program, to step aside and say, wait, this isn't safe. We are not going to participate in the NCAA tournament. And then it seemed like the NCAA looked around and was like, oh, I guess if one of our best basketball programs who has a shot at winning a national title says it's not safe, I guess we look pretty foolish playing this. So if JMU wants to not just be lip service when they say be the change, shouldn't that be kind of an attitude of, hey, we understand the NCAA is kicking the can, as is NCAA policy on, it seems like, these safety issues. But we want to be the change. We want to be a positive force. And we see the rising number of cases across the country, and we don't feel it's safe in a sport that you can't social distance. It, it'd be one thing to me if they didn't have the money to properly test uh, and, try to, and try to at least provide the health and safety protocols necessary to pull off a season, but they've committed financially uh, to do so. It was one of the questions I asked Jeff Bourne uh, after they did, made the decision to go independent uh, and pursue a season this fall was, you know, are you going to have the same safety protocols that the FBS uh, is mandating at the NCAA is mandating at the FBS level? And he said, you know, absolutely not only the safety of James Madison's own players, but for the safety of, the opponent, opposing players and coaches, uh, that you know that that window that the NCAA has put out within 72 hours of kickoff having tests, uh, and then I would assume you'd have to test on the back end too before players come home. You're talking about two, maybe three tests per week per player. That is not a cheap cost with how these labs are operating right now with the coronavirus testing. And to this point, James Madison's done that with their summer uh, with their summer workouts. Uh, they got back in the first week of July, July 5th, July 6th. They've been testing since then. I put the numbers out last week, or uh, this earlier this week. Uh, I don't know. Days are running together. It might have been last week, but uh, huh. the uh, the results were, I think, 196 coronavirus tests done and only two positive uh, tests for the virus. And they're able to quarantine and trace. They're working out in small groups. They're really doing a lot proactively. What you're seeing done not only at the FBS level, but maybe to a lesser extent what some pro sports leagues are doing. Uh, James Madison's kind of taking a very proactive approach, knowing that it's going to have to have top-notch health and safety protocols in place if they're going to want to pull this off. Well, how many kids are on that team for them to be doing two or three weeks and have 196 tests done? Well, there's 63 scholarship kids, and then you're talking about, I don't know, Two dozen, three dozen walk-ons. So, have uh, they only been practicing for they, a week? They've well, they've had they've had them come in waves. Um, they've had they've had them arrive in waves. You know, the first the first group came in July fifth, July sixth, uh, and then the next week 
the next group came in, and I think men's and women's basketball uh, came in as well at that time. Uh, so they, they've been rolling it through and doing initial testing and quarantining uh, upon arrival uh, so that their players can, can, can come in in a safe and orderly fashion. I mean, it has to be weighing down the program a lot. I mean, so many decisions and I mean, just like the rest of us, I mean, we're all buying groceries kind of in a different fashion than what we're used to. Um, I mean, this has to be taken away from normal prep and normal time. I mean, these kids are taking time getting tested rather than in the weight room or, um, you know, they're they're putting in small groups. I mean, the resources aren't built for them to be in five man groups for everything. They're, they're built for position groups, maybe, and stuff like that. I, I mean, how much is this taken away from the normal procedures that they're used to doing in late July in Harrisonburg? Oh, for sure. I mean, football is a game that meant to be played with, you know, in close quarters. You think about the offensive line, defensive line in the trenches. Uh, there's no avoiding. So there's no there's no trying to social distance uh, eventually when you have to put the pads on and they're scheduled to start training camp as of now, come August 7th. So. Uh, to me, a lot of those questions are going to have to be answered here soon uh, because at some point, as much as you can social distance uh, and, and do that with the lifting groups and have them in pods. And also, uh, you know, when, you, when you're out running sprints and, and doing the conditioning, you, you, there are ways to social distance uh, with how they have the workouts staggered that, that are pretty reasonable. And he, although it's different, they're still getting the same type of workout they would normally get uh, it, just in terms of how it's structured is different. Uh, but the result of how they're training is, is probably still very, very similar. Uh, but I, I would say, you know, th those questions about how you're going to social distance and everything, that, that's going to come. Uh, and people are going to have to figure that out once once training camp gets going. I'm sure there are ways uh, that, that the administration and the coaches have, have thought about it. Uh, but to this point, I think, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty normal once, once you talk about the type of workouts they're doing. So, and if you're working on this for an article or a story, not to, you know, have you out yourself on this, but <laughs> with, with the news that the Miami Marlins had today of an outbreak there with baseball, have, being a sport where you can socially distance a lot easier than football, has that information kind of made JMU maybe a little more weary or think a little bit more about, about this decision? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so personally. I think they have the, the health and safety protocols in place. I mean, I, you can only be scared about so much, in, in my opinion. You, you either got to give it a try if you're going to say you're going to give it a try or uh, back out if you can't afford to try to do it the right way. Uh, and at this point, James Madison's made it pretty clear what their decision is. Uh, they're going to try to give it a go, it seems like, uh, and, and try to play football this fall. Uh, I, I think it's a little early to, to jump the gun on what the Marlins situation is it's it's one team and one sport uh nobody knows why there was an outbreak yet i'm not saying it couldn't happen in college football because it very well could uh college kids i don't know how uh you're certainly going to keep them isolated and social distance once the general student body gets on campus but uh i don't think you can just have a knee-jerk reaction less than 12 hours later after all this marlin stuff started to trickle out yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll certainly learn more about that situation. And I, I think, I, in my opinion, there, I mean, there's bound to be some kind of trickle down. Um, but yeah, maybe once they learn more about it, um, you know, more directed uh, way to go about it, we'll probably uh, 
we'll see the reactions from that. I have a question. You know, we CAA announced fall sports going out, and we heard, I think, initially, well, football's pursuing a schedule and not limited to football. But I, and maybe there's just not news to report. But is is there new? Is there other sports, field hockey, anything else? Um, that is out there that is chasing down schedules, still trying to stay active, or are they kind of retreating to a hope for spring? No, no, no. Uh, James Madison's other fall sports are all going to try to play as independents this fall uh, outside of CA competition. There are a few more CA schools doing the same thing uh, that James Madison's men's and women's soccer teams, volleyball team, and field hockey team are trying to do. I think Elon, uh, the College of Charleston, and UNC Wilmington are in that boat where they're trying to play this fall. Okay. Uh, and and they, it's kind of the same sort of thing where they're allowed to kind of pursue their own schedules. Yeah. I think they, all those schools are kind of in the same boat. They'll help each other out. They'll all play against each other. Uh, and I think the NCAA today also came out with for every other sport besides football, you can play about 50% of less, of less amount of games. Uh, than you can in a normal year and still qualify for the postseason just based on everything that's going on with the pandemic. So those sports are still going to try to play. I, I think soccer, uh, you could probably social distance okay. Field hockey too. Uh, those players aren't as in as tight a quarters as football is either. If you think about it, uh, locker rooms are uh, yeah. not, not as crowded. Uh, and, and, and I just think it's maybe a little easier with, with a smaller group to do so. Uh, so those school, those sports are going to try to pursue it. I know uh, my colleague Shane Metlin had a story on some of the non-revenue sports and uh, how they thought it would be okay. JMU men's soccer, I think, will be all right. They normally get games with ACC programs, so they, they should be able to come up with a schedule uh, in addition to playing Elon, UNC Wilmington, College of Charleston, maybe home at home, uh, but maybe get UVA, Virginia Tech, schools like that, which – you know, more regional. I think that's a real big part of this whole thing with football too, is with all the money they're spending on testing for the coronavirus and, and we'll be spending on that uh, and all the necessary protocols that they have in place uh, with staffing and, and hand sanitizers and all of that and equipment. Uh, I, I think, you know, the, the geographical schedules of, of utmost importance. You don't want to be spending any money on travel, any huge money on travel costs, no, no airplane trips. Uh, I think is, is certainly a big part of it. On, that's, that goes with both the non-rev sports and football. Uh, I, I think that's that's absolutely huge. you got to find teams that are willing to play geographically. Uh, football, there should be a few options for JMU. Uh, I would think even more so in the Olympic sports. Gotcha. Well, um, I wonder, uh, the one thing that I haven't really heard much about uh, nationally is – are these, you know, Jamie is not the only football program trying to, you know, Elon, as you said, the other CAA teams, Elon, Villanova is still in the boat. Um, around the country, I'm sure there's more. I wonder how the NCAA uh, is going to rule Title IX. Like, you have these football programs going, and a lot of these schools, like JMU, have more women's programs to make up for that big number on of JMU football players. I wonder how they are going to enforce that or if they're going to say, hey, this year is just an odd year and, and we, we're not going to be able to, you know, rule on that, considering, you know, most other sports other than football and basketball are non-revenue. I just wonder how that will come into play with all this. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. It's something I've asked a little bit about, but I think everybody's priority at this point is how the heck they're going to deal with the coronavirus. I, I mean, yeah. 
yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Where everything is at at this point. But it, it, that's, a, that's a terrific question when it comes to Title IX. I think if these schools are, are can't, most, a lot of these conferences are canceling sports altogether, I don't think they have any issues. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, fall football yeah. falls into that boat and they should be okay. Uh, with in JMU's case, you're talking about trying to play as an independent across the board. I think they'll be all right. Uh, what what would get interesting is if you have leagues and teams that say, you know what, we're going to scrap all the other sports, but because football makes money, we're going to go ahead and try to play football only. Like that's that's where it could get tricky with Title Nine. Yeah. Well, well and, I guess we'll find and out. Health and safety, yeah. but yeah. Well, well, yeah, but I mean that's first. That's what they're worried about now. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, um, that's. That covers the jam stuff. You had a lot of information there, so that's great. I'm, sh- you know, I wouldn't be shocked here in a couple of weeks. We're talking to you again because, you know, this situation's changing on a daily basis. And if, if Jamie's gonna have a football season this year, we're gonna hear a lot more information in the next month. So uh, I'm sure we'll be back talking to you before we let you go. Probably two topics. One being the RCBL. Have you been able to get out and see any games? Cover any games for the DNR? Yeah, I've been out. I saw Grottos and Bridgewater. Uh, last week, uh, I've been paying attention to what's going on with Broadway, and holy cow, Chase DeLauder is airing up the league. The James Madison uh, standout two-way player, uh, pitcher, hitter for, for JMU baseball, uh, but really doing it with the bat for the Broadway Bruins. Uh, he, he's on pace to win the Triple Crown and, and buy a lot. I think he set the, the league home run record with 13 the other night uh, with, with his 13th home run. It, it's He's he's put on quite the show, but the league, the RCBL, I don't know about what you guys think. The RCBL has just been so much better because of the influx of talent that would play in a Valley League or somewhere else. I uh, have Division One pitchers and hitters. You have players that have played professionally, whether it's in minor league baseball, affiliated ball, or independent pro ball. Uh, so to me, I, I've been really impressed with the RCBL, especially – uh, with their effort to try to play this summer and give the kids an opportunity uh, who, who who went without a college season or, or I guess part of a college season uh, when it was scrapped in mid-March. Yeah. Well, I mean, they definitely benefit from, uh, I mean, if you're getting better talent in there, it's going to be better playing. So uh, certainly some spots in there that appear to be better. And, and he's definitely one of them in Broadway. Um, all right. So the, the final question, and this hits in the same category is probably what you've answered for us before. And uh, during this pandemic, uh, I'm sure you've had a little more time at home. You're not covering sports every uh, weeknight. Uh, what What do our listeners need to know that is binge-worthy or a, a solid movie that they need to check out? So, uh, let's see. What have my girlfriend and I been, been, been binge-watching? Let's see. Um, I hate to admit it publicly, but we watched <laughs> uh, 90-day fiancé. It's uh, not my favorite show, but we've watched it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'll say that. Uh, I've watched, I'm trying to think, I don't know, not not too much. I watch a lot of Food Network also, like the Food yeah. Network. Uh, but other than that, nothing really that great. 90 Day Fiance, a, a tepid recommendation at best. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on with us. I'm sure we'll be talking to you. Uh, upcoming, especially if uh, JMU is able to get on the field as they're hoping to, and uh, probably before then as well. So uh, we look forward to speaking to you then, 
And uh, thanks for coming back to the Yak Sports Podcast. Uh, make sure you plug yourself here and uh, make sure our listeners know where to find you. DNRonline.com uh, is where you can catch up and read all the stories. And then on Twitter, at Medea underscore DNR Sports. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on with us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Leland. Thanks, Joe. And once again, thanks to Greg for coming on and talking to us on the Yak Sports Podcast. All right, Leland, let's start to get into this D block here. Let's start with what is dominating your life. So we've been on like a presidential White House kick. We were watching West Wing. I think I've referenced the last two weeks. We were watching it. We got done with it. I said we were going to stop after uh, right before Zoe Bartlett gets uh, abducted. Um, but we didn't. I actually just skipped those two episodes. They irritate me. I hate the John Goodman drama. I just think it gets a little much. So we skipped those couple episodes. But then, I mean, it's like three episodes. And then we were rolling and we, we finished it out here like a week or two later. And uh, I like season six and seven. I like the two camp. I like the campaigns. I like them showing both sides. I like them showing the Democratic side and the Republican side. And the I just I enjoy it. I'm not going to say it's as good as season one, two and three. But there's a lot of aspects I really do like, and it's good enough. So I like watching it. So that's my recommendation for West Wing. Again, you get it every so often for me and every time Patrick Heights on. But we rolled out of West Wing into American President, which was written by Aaron Sorkin, the same guy that wrote West Wing or started West Wing. And uh, it's Michael Douglas as the president with Martin Sheen as the uh, um, um, chief of uh, – why, why am I blanking? Um, the chief of staff. And so it's very good. Like, I mean, it's good. It's it's more of a romantic kind of comedy situation. So it's not as, as, as good as West Wing for me, but it was fine. We watched Dave. That's the one where uh, Kevin Klein is the lookalike of a president and um, uh, gets oh, put in there yeah. to just kind of fill the spot as the president has had a stroke in a um, um, scandalous way. And they just got to get things straight because the chief of staff there is an evil person. Um so that movie's that's just a different kind of pace of a movie. But then to counter the foolishness of Dave, we rolled into House of Cards. We watched episode one. As soon as I get done recording tonight, we're going to watch episode two. No, no, no. We've watched first two and then we're going to watch the third. Um, I like it so far. I know you've never seen it. No, Ooh. I know. I know okay. Kevin Spacey um, is not a good person. Yeah. And I know he has a alleged and probably worse than alleged misconduct and assault and mm-hmm. even stuff with minors. Um, we're mm-hmm. not going to get into that. Yeah. He has been a good actor in his life and he's appearing to be that so far in this series. Um, so I won't say that I just sit there and don't feel a little weird about how he's been a terrible person to other people, but I heard the show's good. A lot of my close friends have watched it and liked it for most part through the whole series. We'll probably watch the whole thing. Uh, so that's what we're on. So House of Cards, that all is what will be going on probably the next couple of weeks. We West Wing, we were able to kind of fly through because there was some days we just kind of put on a TV and we did stuff around the house and cook dinner and stuff because the inappropriate things that might come up are pretty scarce and flown over high where my kids, it didn't even affect them. Uh, house of Cards ain't going to work like that. So, no. um, <laughs> so it's going to be a one episode a night, maybe, uh, situation. So uh, that's what we're on. Uh, yeah, it is a really good show. I mean, I'm not. Wow, 
I can't believe you haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to it watch it. It being hard to watch with kids around has been like Sure, I we, get why that's We a good only thing. we get these cycles where we have the kids either are around and they're young enough to not understand and we still watch The Walking Dead and then that stops because the kids get old enough. And then I forget what happened through Finley. Um but we we're in a stretch here where Arlo's still young enough, he's up later than the girls and so we've been watching stuff um that we normally wouldn't watch in front of older children. We're going to ride this out as long as we can, and then we'll be back to Disney Junior only for a while. So. Yeah. Um, I I can't wait for your end of uh, series review. Um, yeah, for me, I did not like the last season. and That's what I've heard, but I'll, yeah. I'll we'll get there. Yeah, let, let me you definitely it should watch it. it. You definitely yeah. should watch it. Um, yep. Interesting. Okay. Also, that was not what I thought for Dave. I was thinking the show Dave, which oh, I was I like. I watched Dave. Did, we talk, did I not talk about that? I was confused that that would be on here with the other things because I was like, one of these things is not like the we'll other. We'll talk about Dave coming up if we haven't talked about it. Yeah. We'll, uh, yeah. Um, okay, but what is dominating my life? Um, because this weekend had some good news, and so I needed to balance that out uh, a little bit. Didn't want to have too much of a euphoria. So I watched the Netflix documentary Roll Red Roll, and that took me right back down. Um, it's a truly upsetting story. Uh, it is the story... It is a documentary on the uh, 2012 Steubenville, Ohio sexual assault case involving their high school football team uh, and just the sheer, I guess, the best way to describe it is just disgusting behavior by some of the people in that community on the extent that they were willing to really not look into this at all until it became a national story. And then they kind of had to confront it. And it was kind of not great seeing that. Uh, and just realizing, and Leland and I talked about it last week, there's a lot, yes, okay, second chances, but some of this stuff is truly horrific that goes on in society. And we just think, oh, well, you know, they made a mistake. Um, it's bigger than that. This is a crime. And um, it was kind of upsetting to see just the... There's a radio guy who's talking uh, on like a local radio show about that. And just to hear his comments throughout the whole thing, you're just like, are you serious? Uh, it truly makes you sit there and wonder what, what the hell uh, is going on up there that people are like, yeah, but the football team. Um, when when this case comes up, and if you can watch that and, and which sit, device is it on? Which uh, it's Netflix. Platform? It's Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Um, if you can watch that and still think that 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 kind of mentality is the right mentality, I don't know. That's that's a kind of evil I don't ever want to meet. Yeah, it, it sounds though like something I probably will watch. So thanks for letting me know about it. There is kind of contrary i'm not saying everything amy schumer makes is funny i thought this was funny because i watched friday night lights but it hits on this topic so it's not all funny um it's very much uh you know dark humor uh they amy schumer did like a friday night lights spoof um on her show when she had it uh joe i put the link link up there for you uh, i might share it otherwise but mm -hmm. um it presents it in a more comedic fashion but uh i think along the same lines of what you're saying but a little uh kind of playing on what's important and uh, kind of over-exaggerates, uh, you know, p 
people rolling over on stuff like that. So uh, that's a little clip there. Maybe maybe something that'll make you laugh. To it, to I was going to say, ugh. you watched the watch the documentary. Yeah. I don't know how much it's of an exaggeration. I haven't seen about. this. I, I understand. I haven't it. seen this skit, but I don't know how much overreaction there could be because some of these things that were being filmed, I was like, oh, no, it's no it's, one it's, really it's thinks that, do they? It's a sarcastic over exaggeration. Like it's yeah. But yeah. what, what I'm saying is to to speak to that in this documentary, there are some clips being said by people that are being interviewed that still to this day feel that way, and I'm like, are you joking? Like yeah. that is, I would not want that opinion shared publicly ever if I were those people. But okay, you're gonna say it on film. All right, terrible. All right, you know anything that I need to know? Yeah, I guess we'll talk about it. It's local news. Waynesboro has a new court. How do you um, like it? I'm not a fan. I, don't, I, there's I guess I'm a traditionalist. I, I, I don't know. Having the black or the darkish uh, gray or whatever you want to call it court, I don't know. I mean, you like Wilson's court that just has like the beehive in the, in the thing. I don't mind. It still follows in line of yeah. traditional court. It's just yeah. like an accent. This is very eye-catching, disruptive to the normal view of a basketball court. It strikes a Boise State kind of approach to me, and I don't like that. That's I just my you. personal I think preference. In a lot of cases, I feel that way. I think for right now, for Waynesboro, where their athletics are, I don't mind it. If it <laughs> if it brings a little pride, if it brings a little hype to what they got going there, fine. And and in some time, they'll be able to sand it down and make it look traditional again, or or every other court in Augusta County looks like that here a little bit. I don't I don't know, but I'm not against this, and I think it's cool that it's getting a little hype, and other people really like it. So I, I'm not, I'm 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 for it. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't like it, but I'm not the one that has to play on it, and I'm not the yep. one that they're trying to win over. So that's fine. But as you <laughs> said, if it gets more people out to try out, then cool. And it gets more people in the stands, more people excited about if, the sports. If the people at Waynesboro like it, that's all that really matters at the end. Yeah, yep. if the people at Waynesboro like it, that's all that matters. So I bet you the kids like it. Good for them. Uh, what I know that you need to know is something I'm pretty worked up about. We had Brock at Virginia Tech that transferred from East Carol or no, Car- Coastal Carolina, right? Bro- Brock Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And he used a real reason of saying – hey, my mom is sick. I want to transfer to this school. I want to be immediately eligible because you have this rule in place. I'm right at that uh, limit, um, and this is what I want to do. And then NCAA just said, well, if we're doing it by the the rules here, you do not become immediately eligible because you are 10 miles out of the radius that you need to be to be closer to home. And ridiculousness. And it's mostly ridiculous because every kid that was on the – Netflix show as a quarterback, QB one or whatever, they transfer and they're immediately eligible to the next school. You get every kid that just transfers school because they're not going to be starter. They're immediately eligible to be quarterback at the new school. You get James Madison basketball players. I won't go into their names, but three of them got announced today that they're immediately eligible. It's not their fault. Good for them that they're immediately eligible. But how are all these kids immediately eligible for no good reason other than I want to leave where I'm at and go play there? Who cares about the transfer rule? Oh, yeah, we agree. Go ahead and play. But, oh, Brock Hoffman, you had a, a reason and actually tried to use the right, you know, real reasons, real-life stuff, emotional stuff with your parents, with your mom. No, you got to be to the letter of the law, and we're going to review it again. Nope, you're still out. It's just horse manure. It's just so bad, 
and that was a good catch on my part, that mm-hmm. they do this to these players, the ones that have real actual reasons. And Brock Hoffman's not a Heisman candidate. Let him play. Just put him on the field. Look at the situation. His mom has been sick. Let him play closer to home. Let him play now. But Joe Burrow doesn't need to play immediately. And these guys that are, they don't need to play immediately when they transfer. They can sit a year. When you make a decision, I'm moving because I just want to, you got to sit. I don't care. I don't care. I, I even, even with the coaches leaving, I'm starting to not care because it happens so often and it just seems to work out so perfectly. Just for these kids that things should work out good, it doesn't. And for these kids that are just transferring because they're not getting playing time because all of a sudden they have some competition at the position and they thought because a camera followed them in high school now that they want to transfer in college the roads can open right up to me sure enough it does because the ncaa is just that good of an organization it just it drives me crazy it drives me absolute crazy i know you're not going to disagree with me but i just wanted to make sure the listeners understand that this is just a terrible rule that the ncaa has and that they're so inconsistent on yeah. Um, does it make you feel I bet better? Rob Manfred's behind it. I bet does he's it, behind it. I was going to say, does it make you feel better that the NCAA is monitoring the situation with COVID and safety? Are they? I haven't heard from them. Well, the Big 12 commissioner seems to say, hey, we know that there's a chance for disturbances like what happened with the Miami Marlins. Disturbances, yeah. Hey, some of our kids may get sick, and hey, maybe some of them have a medical condition, and maybe somebody dies, but you know we're monitoring it. We expected disturbances like this. It's just like the flu, except, you know, four times is deadly, deadly, deadly and yeah. four times is contagious. Yeah. It's just like the flu. It's like car accidents, except, again, four times is yeah. bad. It's, and it's just like, also, it's there's just also like, flu vaccines and there's also seat belts for cars. But instead, we bring up these other ideas that are apparently worse than COVID, which they aren't by numbers, by statistics, by anything you do. And even if you want to argue if every statistic is absolutely accurate rail the number off and we'll call it even but it ain't even covid's worse deal with it wear a mask let's move on let's have let's let's have spring sports you know what we tried not wearing masks and we don't have fall high school sports let's wear a mask for a little bit and see if we can get spring sports yeah again we've tried it your way we're the only developed country that hasn't figured this out maybe we try the way everybody else did and maybe it works and then maybe we can look at you and just say hey it's okay we won't at that point if you just listen and just do what you're supposed to do, we won't keep calling you the dumbest people on the planet Earth, which you are. Make sure you guys are following us at Yak Sports Pod at Twitter, at Yak Sports Pod Facebook, and you can email us yaksportspod at gmail.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify, and make sure that you tell your friends to where to catch us. We will keep this train of going here through the fall one way or the other even though we don't have the local sports that we care so much about and that we try to bring you coverage on that no one else is bringing. Um, we won't have as much of that to talk about, but we still will try to chug along one way or another, even if that's the reason to be subscribed in case we might not uh, be every week. We have some decisions to make now that things become official, but we will be in touch about it and we're not going to go anywhere for too long because we want to keep talking to you guys. And uh, if we keep Joe pinned up, Uh, it'll be a problem. So talk to y'all next week.